Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Mini Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Pronounce the name of this chip for the one chip challenge. Is it Packy? Packwee? P A C Q U I. Anyway, you got this Packwee Carolina Reaper chips, which is billed as the hottest chips in the world. So that's the chip the TV anchor ate. Remember that hilarious uh, audio we had the other day? Oh, right, where she vomited. Yeah, yeah, she was trying to take the one chip challenge, and she, I guess she didn't pass. So Charles Barkley bet Shaquille O'Neal $50,000 he couldn't eat the chip without making any facial expression whatsoever. <laughs> with, with, without, without showing any reaction whatsoever. Wow. Shaquille uh, did eat the chip, making no expression, although there is some dis- uh, disagreement as to whether or not a cough counts. Yes, it, it, the time response. passed, and it, it seemed to intensify the heat <laughs> as the time went on, and he kind of did one of the... <laughs> and the guys were saying, oh, that's a, that, that's that's no dice. Mm. That's a reaction. It's, so it's, a, it's an online thing. So you eat the chip, and then you post proof of your conquest on Instagram or Twitter that you were able to eat the chip. <clears throat> and most people can't. I, I don't like spicy food, so I don't enjoy that. But like my brother... He's got a buddy. They're always in a contest of finding something somewhere in the world 
<laughs> that they try to get the other person to eat. <laughs> wow. I don't understand that. I watch the simple eat, pleasures. I watch people eat spicy stuff. They seem like they're in pain, and then they insist I need to try this about how yeah. it's so good. So Kenny Smith, one of the other guys on that uh, basketball show, which is hilarious if you like that sort of thing. That's a good show. Anyway, he didn't eat one of the chips. All he did was handle one, and just the dust on his fingers turned his mouth numb and made him choke several minutes later. <laughs> Just the dust on his fingers from this chip. Why don't you just swish some battery acid around in your mouth? <laughs> Here, I got something really, really hot for you. It's battery acid. I'll bet you can't swig it down without, you know, vomiting and dying. I don't get it. I don't get it either. It's just lots and lots of acid. Also, the cultural thing is interesting. When, you know, we've got uh, Delaney as a friend whose family is uh, from Sri Lanka. And they eat spicy, spicy food. Man, that gal is just indestructible. When I worked at a Mexican restaurant in Chicagoland, the Indian families would come in. They'd want the hottest pureed, uh, what peppers, serrano peppers, whatever it was. They'd want that stuff for their burritos. And I couldn't dab a tiny bit on my tongue. It's just, it's odd to me. I like my food bland. Baked potato, nothing on it. Everything boiled. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Every kind of I a, eat a lot of hot peppers. I want everything kind of a gray color. Uh, boiled steak. Exactly. <laughs> or well done, like the president likes it, so it will rock on a plate. Eat your steaks, so it will rock on a plate. Speaking of the president... That alone ought to get him impeached. Has the president yet texted about, tweeted, tweeted about Bo Bergdahl, because the ruling has come down and Bo Bergdahl will spend no time in jail over this. He could have gotten life, but he got nothing. He could have gotten anything from what he got to, to nothing. He, as you know, he walked off a military outpost in eastern Afghanistan, spent the next five years in enemy captivity, sentenced to a dishonorable discharge from the Army, will avoid prison time, and faced a maximum of life in prison. Don't forget, he was freed when President Obama traded five uh, heavyweights from Gitmo for him. Uh, Bergdahl will lose all benefits, including medical care afforded to military veterans. He'll also pay a fine of $1,000 a month for the next 10 months. Wow, no uh, medical care, no psychiatric care? That's interesting. Trump said on the campaign trail repeatedly, Bergdahl was a dirty, rotten traitor who should be executed, specifically thrown out of the back of a plane, as I recall. Um, we got uh, we got some texts about that. People pretty upset. Somebody said it brought tears tears to their eyes. The idea that Bogdar, Bergdahl is going to walk. The attorney said five years of brutal captivity was sufficient punishment. The judge apparently agreed. Um, I'm not seeing a statement from the judge. Um, I yeah, I can go either way on this. The guy's uh, clearly ain't right. Um, but as I said the other day, if we're going to have a point at which we're not politically correct, it would be right at that line on the battlefield where we're up against the enemy. These are the rules you have to follow. I don't care what the situation is. I don't care if your mom was mad to you, you're crazy, or you're this gender, or whatever the situation is. Right. These are the rules on the battlefield with the enemy right over that hill. You know, You'd think I, there'd be some point where that would be true. I ought to write a uh, a talk show host type book that everyone will ignore <clears throat> about because I've never heard anybody put it like this except me. Uh, the balance between necessity and nicety, uh, mostly because nobody uses the word nicety anymore. But what that it were, what that it were. 
on, as you say, at the front lines, there's no time for nicety. It's all about necessity. We can't say, you know, he had a really rough day. You don't have the luxury. Uh, We are, in my opinion, a a nation that's become obsessed with nicety to the point where we ignore reality. We ignore necessity. We ignore the true nature of human, uh, uh, human nature. Uh, That's a great sentence there. I'll leave that one out of my book. Um, I think we've gone way too far in the other direction to the point where we're in essence for huge groups of people. We're doing their homework for them and we are we are not letting them know the dignity of self-reliance. Anyway, that's my own personal philosophy. But I'd say at the front lines, it's all about necessity. Um, uh, I've got to tell you, I have a somewhat more sympathetic view than some of our listeners. I don't know. If I had to actually nail it down and decide, I'm not sure what I would sentence him to. Um, I I think he's a mentally ill guy who never should have been in the infantry. Um, He should not have passed the tests. He was drummed out of the Coast Guard. The Army didn't even look into why. Um, Troubled guy, troubled upbringing, etc. And he was tortured for five years. I, I guess I think he's been punished enough. Got this note from Will. Uh, he's fagsy, friend of Armstrong and Getty, over seven years. Uh, just wanted to give a little, uh, a bit of a perspective on the Bergdahl situation. In '09, my unit was deployed to Afghanistan. I was not in the army yet, so while um, during the Bergdahl thing, so I wasn't there. But there are many people currently in my unit who were there who I've talked to. When Bergdahl abandoned his post, my unit was part of the search process. If you ask these guys what they think of Bergdahl, most of them want to see him in prison for life. Thankfully, no one from my unit was injured during the search that I know of, but they had to take on massive risk by breaking from their regular duties to search for him. The thought of not going home to their wives and families loomed over them because of his decision, and there were soldiers killed from other units during the search for him. Then you add on top of that the Obama administration, who routinely tried to imprison soldiers when they killed the enemy, traded five high-ranking fighters for him, five guys who are now currently plotting and conspiring against our troops and our people. Then his actions also indirectly may kill more soldiers. The military is built on a unique type of brotherhood and bond between warriors that centers around fighting the enemy and breaking that bond by abandoning your brothers is unforgivable. He didn't just sign up for some HR position. He signed up for the infantry. He asked to be thrown into a combat zone and did so by his own accord when he signed on the dotted line. I don't believe his time with the Taliban is enough. It isn't very long ago in our nation's history that his actions would have earned him a death sentence. Not saying that I believe he should get that, but he needs to spend some serious time behind bars or none which is what we've decided and this will be discussed the president is going to tweet something harsh correct yeah yeah Probably. and he has four tweets from the last time we updated his twitter including one from just about two or three minutes ago none involving bo Bergdahl. okay most of his tweets have been about his tweets so far today, right? How Twitter, some soon-to-be ex-employee on his last day at work, shut down the president's Twitter account. Yeah, that was his first one this morning. His foremost recent, starting about two hours ago, Bernie Sanders supporters have every right to be apoplectic. What's that word? Hold on. Apoplectic? Yeah, that's the one. Have every right to be apoplectic uh, of the complete theft of the Dem primary by Crooked Hillary. Next tweet, I always felt like I would be running and winning against Bernie, not Crooked H, without the, tre- without the cheating, I was right. Uh, another one about an hour ago, just took off for a ceremony at Pearl Harbor, then heading to Japan, South Korea, China, Vietnam, and the Philippines. We'll China. never let you down. 
Thank you, sir. And then never uh, gonna give you up. Never gonna let you down. <laughs> take, take a flight to Asia. <laughs> and then from three minutes ago, the rigged Dem primary, one of the biggest political stories in years, got zero coverage of the fake news networks on TV last Sad. night. Disgraceful. It, it didn't get much. I mean, and I fast-forwarded through a whole bunch of different shows just to see, are they going to lead with it? Okay, their second story. Okay, none at all on Hardball with Chris Matthews or Brian Williams' show on Hardball MSNBC. Hardball didn't touch it? No. I thought Rachel Maddow might get into it because she's she's a big Bernie person and uh, pretty intellectually honest, but didn't get into it? Wow. I was surprised. That's crazy. Like, didn't even mention it. The party that I support ripped off the person that might have won the presidency is not a story i I don't know part of it was because the trump stuff had come down nbc broke the story sure so those are all nbc shows maybe that's maybe that's why they're a purpose-driven organization because cnn covered it and uh had elizabeth warren on and all that sort of stuff so uh, quick follow-up, and if you weren't listening, you won't understand this, but I'm not going to set it up again. Oh, oh, can I invite a little more input on the Bo Bergdahl thing? 415-295-KFTC. 415-295-KFTC. Or if you'd prefer to email, go to armstrongandgetty at yahoo.com. I just emailed that professor you guys were talking about, and I never do that sort of thing, saying I'm shocked she has a Ph.D. and shouldn't be teaching anymore. The reply was, bless your hearts. Ha, ha, ha. Yeah, fair enough. Um, I thought the young man in question did a a beautiful job of trying to reason with her, and she proved herself utterly incapable or unwilling to engage. So what's the point? Should have rickrolled her. Huh? No, it might not help, but it can't hurt. (laughs) This is what I, if I'm ever going to dress up for Halloween again, I'm going to wear this outfit with the trench coat and the penny loafers. I'm Rick Astley. You're who? <laughs> you know the Rick Roll guy. Uh-huh. Watch the video. It's I look just like him. Uh, you're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Never gonna let you down. <laughs> take, take a flight to Asia. <laughs> Instant greatest hit. Hey, now. This one with final Bo Bergdahl note. There's a general who uh, will review the sentence, but he can only increase it, uh, only reduce it. He cannot increase it. Can't reduce it from nothing, can you? What is this? Um. So he's uh, getting out, period. So we uh, we skipped something. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, sorry about that. We should have last segment. Taking a fond look back at the week that was with Cow Clips of the Week. Important breaking news for you right now. CNN has learned that former Trump campaign chairman Paul Manafort will surrender today. Two on, two out. Tenth inning. That's in the air to left. Here comes Fisher. This isn't fun. <laughs> this is bull. Please answer yes or no, sir. I'm asking you a question. Just answer yes or no. Can you do that? You're sophisticated. You're the chief legal counsel for Facebook. Please answer yes or no. I think the reason he had the uh, 
two fake guns is so mm -hmm. that he could be martyred. He didn't have access to a suicide vest, thank goodness. A baby with the last name Frankenstein <laughs> was born yesterday on Halloween. It's completely true. Residents are already giving it three thumbs up. Oh my goodness, these comments are so mean. Very quickly, Senator, do you agree with the notion that it was rigged? Yes. You cannot have a political party uh, in a hotly contested presidential primary uh, being controlled by one of the candidates. Uh, last voice was Jeff Weaver, the campaign chair for Bernie Sanders. He's got a little more on the uh, the revelation yesterday. It's kind of interesting. Uh, they had control or veto power over staff hires. Uh, we know from uh, uh, various leaked emails uh, that they colluded on the whole debate process about how many debates there would be and when they would be. Uh, we know that uh, the Clinton campaign lawyer was uh, was uh, telling DNC staffers how to respond to criticisms from our campaign. So it is not just about a fiscal diet. Uh, it was about a, one a campaign controlling the DNC. It's just an unacceptable situation. That's what John Hyman said this morning on MSNBC, that we've just scratched the surface. We're going to get more information about the scheduling of the debates and all kinds of different stuff that was going on. Interesting. The, uh, I'm pleased to hear that because Heilman is a straight shooter. I mean, he's a serious reporter. And the fact that MSNBC, for instance, ignored it, uh, their heavyweight shows, is just astounding to me. So I'm glad to hear there's at least some hunger for it. You know, it's funny um, what uh, Weaver was saying there. Yeah, if if the Hillary campaign had veto power over every single person hired and fired and paid, how do we know they didn't, like, drag him into a basement room with all the lights out, but five candles set up in a pentagram with a human skull in the middle of the table and made everybody swear allegiance to Hillary? I mean, they might have. They might as well have. They own the party. Bernie in the news and Larry David hosting Saturday Night Live tomorrow night. A perfect recipe. We're doomed. I wonder if they'll go there. Or yes, if they'll they chicken will. out in the style of not going after Weinstein. I, God, I don't oh, know. Oh, because it I paints don't... Hillary in the, in the bad light? Well, I don't know. There's just no enthusiasm for it. I, d I don't get that. I mean, if if I've got a party that I'm into and I find out that they, they ripped us off mm -hmm. by, by not giving, I'm really into that story. I'm not trying to hide that story. Right. I, looking, I know. That's why I'm shocked. I'm looking at it from the SNL side. If I have Larry David, I'm looking for any possible <laughs> right. reason to get him to do Bernie Sanders. And right. so some people say Donna Brazile writing this book is proof that the Clinton era is over. She realizes where the future is. She wants to be part of that future. And she came out and wrote this book so she can try to be on that side. Right. Because she and, and everybody wonders, does she address in the book the big story that she was giving the debate questions to Hillary. From I'm told CNN. she does not. How do you leave that out? Because she she she's hoping everybody will forget, I guess, and she'll be part of the new Sanders Warren wing, which is taking over the Democratic Party. I guess. Yeah, I heard somebody talking about this yesterday, and uh, forgive me for the particulars, but the the gist is accurate. That I don't believe it's in the book at all, but she has talked about it recently and said she will regret it for the rest of her life. Even though she, how about lying? Oh, I wish we had this tape. I should ask for it. When she was on, uh, who was she on with? One of the shows on Fox News. They asked her about it. And she said her response, they said, oh, it was Megyn Kelly. Megyn Kelly asked her, listen, did you give the questions to Hillary? Because she'd been answering the questions with a blizzard of BS. 
And and that was when uh, Ms. Brazil said, well, listen, I'm a Christian woman, so I certainly know what persecution is. I certainly know when I'm being persecuted. And uh, so she just, and, and now she's admitted, yeah, I did it. It all gets to people in big time politics having contempt for the voters and feeling like you don't know who the best candidate is. You don't know what's best for you. Right. You we can't do. be cynical uh-huh. enough. And Trump was just the rare exception where he was just enough of a steamroller machine that they couldn't stop him because they they were trying to on the Republican side. Yeah. You remember a variety of state maneuvers where they would right. yank this delegate or that and rules nobody knew anything about. And as long as we're casting aspersions, how flaccid was the Republican Party when their great white hope Jeb was the front runner and couldn't get any traction? They kept trying. They kept trying to oppose Trump. And it just, oh, it's just so floundering. So the, the, the Republican Party was flaccid. I mean, just completely useless. And the Democratic Party. Yeah, please clap. How symbolic was that? That was one of the saddest moments I've ever seen. And how perfect is that? So you have that going on. Meanwhile, the Democrats have been bought by Hillary because Obama left them in so much debt. They turn to her and she says, yeah, we'll, we'll bail you out, but we run everything now. This is not the Democrat Party. This is the Hillary Party. And Debbie Wasserman Schultz, who I called a waste of skin earlier, and I kind of regret that because she's also a waste of bones and internal organs. <laughs> and, and, she, and she said, oh, yeah, okay, you can have the party. <laughs> Meanwhile, she goes off to consort with her Pakistani felon buddy. That the shoe is yet to fully drop. But, oh, my, when you look at the two parties... How could it be? There hasn't been an ascendant third party that really has gotten going. How can that be? What is Aleppo? Well, yeah, the Libertarians ran a mental patient. The Greens ran a a, a halfwit. Well, she's not a halfwit. That's not fair. Jill Stein's a pretty smart lady. Um, She came off as a halfwit in an interview, Jack said, and so he cast aspersions, which now I have unfortunately repeated, and I regret (laughs) it and retract it. So, uh, Trump was on Laura Ingram last night, Evan? How about if you just name, because people are stupid. Present company accepted. Uh, all of our listening audience. God bless you, Brainiacs. I was, I was about to say, because I'm, I'm stupid. Well, no, 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 no. I was talking about the to, audience. You don't have to exclude all present company. Right. So, uh, listen, people are stupid. So, name your new party the New Republican Party. And trademark it. And if there's, like, some dispute... Spell it with two R's at the beginning. The new Republican Party. (laughs) Or the new Democrats. Or Democrat 2. Democrat Beta. Or something like that. Because people think, oh, it's like the Democrats, but it's not the old Democrats. And you'll be able to get their votes. How can that not, how has that not happened? It just shows you how powerful those two things are. Those two institutions are. Oh, yeah, nobody's pleased with them. They both have approval ratings in the the teens or single digits. you, You tell me this. I don't know exactly how to phrase this question. If you were to find a way to ask Americans, poll them, does the Constitution require the existence of the Republican and Democrat parties? Or something like that. You know oh, yeah. what I'm driving majority at. majority would agree with that. They would say, yeah, yeah, that's true. That's, that's part of our system, the two parties. Yeah. We can have 11 parties or none or one if you want to live in China. <laughs> Both these parties could go away tomorrow. Do you think the country would be worse off if both those parties disappeared? You started from scratch? Yeah. It was just a free-for-all next time Just disbanded them. Yeah. No. 
I'd be all for it. Oh, man. So Trump was on I used the... to have fantasies about naughty nurses. This is my new one. Oh, we, uh, we don't have news because we sent Marshall home. We asked him at 6 o'clock on a scale of 1 to 10, what's your pain? And he said a 7 or 8, which is pretty high for being at work. Oh, my God. He's such a gamer. Yeah, but. But so we sent him home. Yeah. So maybe I'll tell you this. What Trump said on Laura Ingram last night will shock you. No. Or shocking some people. It'll be like a mouthful of those killer potato chips. Stay stay tuned if you dare. Oh, boy, and I've finally run up against some Common Core stuff (laughs) that is uh, really frustrating to me. Oh, boy. There's nothing you can do about it. I mean, you're going to pull your kid out and go to private school, I guess. We've reinvented math. Archimedes was wrong. He knew nothing. Oh, Oh my God. Einstein? (laughs) Ass-stein. Huh? What was that? I got like three more if you want them. I, I don't. <laughs> You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Your State Department still has some unfilled positions. Are you worried that the State Department doesn't have enough Donald Trump nominees in there to push your vision through? Because other State Departments, including Reagan's at times, undermined his agenda. And yeah. there, there is a concern that the State Department currently is undermining your agenda. So we don't need all the people that they want. You know, don't forget, I'm a business person. and I tell my people, well, you don't need to fill slots. Don't fill them. But we have some people that I'm not happy with their But Assistant process. Secretary of State, you're not getting rid all of that right, position. But let me tell you, the one that matters is me. I'm the only one that matters because when it comes to it, that's what the policy is going to be. You've seen that. You've seen it strongly. Some people are horrified by that. Talk of a dictator. Some people are horrified because it's just maybe not the best management skill. Some people think that's a great idea. I don't know. I, I, I found that to be a very odd answer. I mean, even if you're the policy god, guru, whatever, and I don't mean that in a sarcastic way, there's just a lot to do. There's just a lot of jobs to do in the State Department. A lot of meetings to have, a lot of letters to write, a lot of, you know. So, uh, yeah, that seems very odd. I'm, uh, you know, small government me. I'm all for the. I don't think we need to fill all those positions. I think we can keep doing it. I think oh, that's hell, true. There are entire departments like that. I think that's true in a lot of government places, but I'm not sure about this one. So my uh, oldest son, I've been trying to help him with his math homework. He's really struggling with math, and it became especially clear last night. He's one of those people that that math doesn't make sense to, which sucks because it's. You're a math guy too, which is interesting. Yeah. Uh, but uh, Laura wasn't. His mom wasn't. And it's it's so obvious, isn't it, to everybody at this point? You either are or you aren't. It mm-hmm. doesn't matter whether you're a kid or an adult. It's just a, a concept that clicks in your head, or or it it makes no sense whatsoever. Right. And um, and there's certain val- There's absolutely value in getting people up to speed enough that they can function. But you know, you can't make a slow person fast. You can make them faster. Yeah. So I'm I'm uh, I feel bad for him on that level. It's just that 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 math is going to be hard for him. But the Common Core thing is making it, in my opinion, so much more difficult than it has to be. And I'd been hearing about this for years before I had kids, and for the last several years before they've got far enough along that it's really you know become an issue. But 
doing the math out of his workbook and the way they go about relatively simple addition, for instance, I got to, as a grown man who took multiple years of college-level calculus, I have to read these questions several times to try to figure out what they're doing. Now, how does that make any sense? You you take me back a few years before Common Core. The idea that I could read a second-grade math question and have to read it over and over again to try mm-hmm. to figure out what they want right. seems ridiculous. Yeah. But now it's just, I, I can't figure out what you're trying to do here. And it's not about the answer. He can come up with the answer, but it's the way you get to the answer that they've changed, and it's just, in some cases, just ridiculous. I think you're waking it way too hard. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you educators are brilliant, and it it teaches you a way of thinking that will pay off years from now. Maybe I'm wrong about that. But in terms of figuring out what 3 plus 5 plus 2 is, you're making it so much harder than it needs to be, I think. Yeah. And it, it frustrates him to no end, and, I, and, I, and I'm not going to say to him because it would be counterproductive to say, this is freaking stupid. It's stupid to do it this way. Just memorize um, what three point three plus five is, or yeah, whatever. That and, has gone by the wayside. Apparently, yeah. they they don't think there's any benefit to to memorizing. Uh, for instance, um, what what is a good example? Seven plus eight, I guess. What you want to do is you take three away from the eight, add it to the seven to get ten, and then you have a simpler problem with ten plus five to get to fifteen. Listen, instead of just memorizing seven plus eight is fifteen. The the thing I've been most interested in for the last. In other words, you have to do three times as much math to get the same answer. Right. The thing I've been most interested in for the last 25 years of my life is probably watching people learn, whether it's my kids or volunteering in classrooms or coaching for years and years and years, watching the way different people learn and trying to find a way to help them learn. It's incredibly challenging and really, really rewarding when you hit it. That is one way you can picture the way math works in your head. And that will work for some people. That's kind of the way I did it. It's the way I do it, too. But I don't think I stumbled upon that until later, later. And and then I think you either do or you don't. Well, right. I just I think it's taking one learning style and insisting everybody do it that way. And from too young an age, I think. You know, we have defenders of Common Core Math who will write in and say, no, 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 it's about the concepts. Once they really grasp those concepts, they'll take off boom, zoom. And, and it all comes much more easily after that. What about all of us who who lived through math perfectly all right, the way it was before? Or the way it has been, I think, for a couple thousand years. Like Maybe some f- of the people I mentioned uh, 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 before, Archimediocrides, Albert Einstein, oh, Stephen Dorking. <laughs> the people old way of math doesn't work, man! Yeah, it's all about learning these little tricks, which is the way I do it. But I think I might have been junior high, high school before I really started applying those. I don't know. Like I said, I I could be wrong about this, but it really seems like you're complicating some simple stuff. And then, and this this is this is a completely separate issue. But so he's got one of the problems. Jane has seven apples. Muhammad has six apples. Oh boy, I'll, I'll be praised. That's like, thought, that's a good apple crop. I thought you're trying too hard. Here. Oh boy, you're just trying too hard. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yes. Diverse country, Jack. About one percent of Americans are indeed, or whatever it is these days. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's so it's frustrating, and you got to draw these pictures. They look like dominoes with all. There's so there's so much math being done. To solve a problem that is seven plus eight, and right. I just was was the old flashcards memorizing a certain number of equations really that awful? 
Uh, well, I'll tell you this. Back to the whole, I know what 8 plus 7 is. Automatically, it's 15. That's partly memorization also because I know that, uh, what did I say, 8 plus 7. I know that 7 plus 2 equals, or, or 5 plus 2 equals 7. And so I can easily get from 8 to 10, then see how many are left over. But that's all born of the fact that I memorized that stuff, that my math facts are, are pretty damn solid. Judy was never good at those. Delaney, my daughter, who's way smarter than me, for some reason she struggles probably because, I don't know, she struggles with those math facts, knowing immediately 13 plus 8 is 21. I mean, it's just second nature. Um, well, it, yeah, it's not an intelligence thing. I am a positive of that. Oh, no, no, no. Any more than, you know, well, there are different kinds of intelligence. I wish um, I could eliminate some of my math intelligence and put it somewhere in some other areas, actually. I just, I just think, yeah, me knowing who was the bass player in some band in 1981. Oh, please, Lord. Please let me take that out and put something useful in. Um, I think knowing the facts is how the concepts occur to you i think trying to teach a tiny little kid a, a fairly complex concept which is we use a base 10 system and so you have one number that's short of the base or the 10 and and another number that will get you to that 10 and thereby leave over a number that will be the second digit of your sum i just no 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 just teach them that eight plus seven is 15 and they'll get there but you know that's my opinion for somebody from somebody who claims they know something about the education system there are too many phds in education there is no basis in common core or for for common core it is bs yeah it's a it's a theory and would you be surprised at all anybody listening right now that 5 10 15 50 years from now they throw that aside and say that was stupid Will anybody be surprised by that? That at some point in the future, they throw out the Common Core math and say that was dumb. I'd be willing to bet you my motor car that happens. Oh, I'd love to bet somebody a thousand dollars. About a ten-year window. Yeah. By the way, it turns out I was right the first time. Muslims account for about one out of every one hundred people in the U.S. or one percent. Well, he had two fewer apples than Jane in the in the math problem I was looking at. Which is what clear evidence of discrimination. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Teach. If you aren't a little kid, you don't have little kids, maybe you don't care about the whole Common Core thing, but I, I think if your government intervention is uh, is on your list of things that you care about, you should care. So it's, I think it's another thinking way too hard, <laughs> one of those deals. Common Core math. Uh, we got a couple of texts about that. I'm a 30-plus year NASA person. I could not figure out my kids' math. So I did it my way, and they gave him an F because it was not their way. Yeah, that's that's what's so frustrating. You NASA guys are assholes compared to the Common Core. That's what's so frustrating. All math that's gotten to humanity to this incredible point. Invalid. <laughs> he did math the NASA way. Yeah. Got an F. You got to the moon, but the way you got to the moon, the way you came up with the answers right. to get to the moon, completely wrong. And that's what's, I feel bad for my son, and he's crying at the dinner table. I mean, really upset about this. It just sucks. But I look at his page, and he had every one of the questions, like 15 questions, every one but one right, but not the work of how you get there. Mm. 
you know, I'm I'm a results oriented guy on seven plus eight. If you get fifteen out of it, I'm good with it. But well, and some might suggest he obviously can figure it out. He just figures it out a different way. Right. Um, this one's pretty interesting. The Common Core math at your son's age is not about memorizing math facts. Unfortunately, for the kids that age, their brains are wired for rep. Repetition. We used to take advantage of this scientific fact that brains were better at repetition at that age by drilling math problems and spelling. For some reason, we've gotten away from that. Oh, boy. And gotten into concepts that the older brain is better at figuring out. Wow. That's that's pretty interesting stuff right that there. That is great. There's no delusion like delusion in education, like our college cry bully update with that uh, philosophy professor who could not be reasoned with. You don't see that sort of delusion in other industries. Well, that's so frustrating, and I yeah. just I, I, unless I'm going to pull him out of school and do private school or homeschool, I got I just to accept it, and, and you know, or it's not. But it, but it's just so frustrating to think this is dumb. I know that in a few years they're going to declare it dumb. Right. Everybody's going to look back and laugh at this period and mm-hmm. say how stupid it was that we got so far off track. Yet he's going to have to sit there at the dinner table and cry trying to figure out this moronic. A system. You know, it's funny, Little D, at the other end of the educational scale, I'm chatting with her from college the other day, and she's talking about her Arabic class. And um, she said, it's weird. I have classes that have the most complex uh, concepts, and I'm fine with them. I like them. Memorizing bunches of words? Can't do it. She said, I remember when I could memorize things like crazy when I was a kid. She said, not anymore. And, and it's frustrating for her, but it absolutely bears out what our, our friend and correspondent uh, sent along. Oh, yeah, that's why up until age eight, when uh, the critical learning period, acquiring a language is so easy. Memorizing stuff like that, picking stuff up. So it makes sense to me. Sure, you do the flashcards over and over, and, and it's in that kid's brain for the rest of their lives. Mm-hmm. Uh, or you can come up with this really complicated way of coming up with simple problems and, and frustrate them to where they decide, as he always ha- already has, that he hates math. And he'll probably have that in his head for the rest of his life. Well done, American education. Well (laughs) done. I don't blame the teacher. I mean, she has no choice. Federal government will pull your funding if you don't do Common Core. Oh! Hey, guys going to do your your final thoughts now? Hmm? Give uh, one last little amusing one-liner quip? Hmm? Give us all a little uh, last-minute chuckle before the 9 o'clock hour passes us by? Hmm? Yeah? Give uh, give everyone one last chance to uh, get what's eating them off the chest. Hmm? Maybe even a valuable life lesson discerned from the news stories of the day. Yeah, yeah. Okay, you guys go ahead and do that now. Still hilarious to me. Here's your host for Final Thoughts, Joe Getty. Hey, everybody, let's get a final thought. Ooh, Marshall's final thought was, my God, my surgery still hurts. I'm leaving, so he went home. Michelangelo, your final thought. Uh, just real quick, Jack, I failed at math, and I, look where I ended up. I did just fine, That's so exactly don't worry about right. it. So bad. <laughs> Positive Sean, final thought. Yeah, I think we we did a lot of good today. We covered a lot of ground. We learned a lot of things. But let us not forget that the, the, the volcano sharks are amassing an army, and we need to be worried about the Sharkano. It's a good point. Undersea Sharkano. Do we have a link to that article at armstrongandgetradio.com? Uh, Let's do that. Jack, your final thought. I'm going to try to learn more about this whole thing works if you're ever a victim of a crime in terms of tracking the person that perpetrated that crime against you through the police department or the DA or whatever. And I'll pass it along on Monday. It's something apparently we should all know. Oh, boy. My final thought. My final thought. I'm uh, I'm going to see my boy. Judy and I are going to see Declan. We're going to exchange automobiles. It's a transaction not worth describing, but I'm looking forward to it. 
it's uh, he's he and, and Kate and really Delaney in a ways in a way have reminded me how challenging that period of your life is. You have a lot of fun, you know, a lot of good people, but that launching period, oh my God, the stress, oi. I haven't been broke, broke in a long time. Mm-hmm. It's not pleasant. I ate a lot of beanie weenies. We'd buy them five cans for a dollar at the cheap grocery store. I ate them a lot. Pretty good nutritionally there because you got your beanie and your weenie. <laughs> and you're young and your body can take it. Oh, I try to do imagine? that now. I'm going to the hospital. Kerblooey. <laughs> See you Monday. God bless America. Well, kids, that's all the time we have for today. I'd like to thank Sideshow Mel, Corporal Punishment, Tina Ballerina, oh, and from not planning, Miss Donna Mills. Oh, she was a sport. We've had lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of fun. Now the time has come to go. If this still cop was found dead in his bed tomorrow, I'd be in heaven still doing this show. <laughs> Armstrong and Getty, the voice of the West. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Mini Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.